was talking to the Lord this week. I um, don't want to get so comfortable in this body. I don't hear all the time. Every time the doors are open, I'm at every prayer meeting, every church service, and we should be. Um, I don't. I don't want to miss what's going on, but I don't want to be at everything and not know where the church is spiritually. I don't want to stand before you, his people, and be so involved in what I think is the church and not even know what the Lord is saying to the church. With that being said, I don't know what the Lord is going to do in this service. As a, um, sometimes it seems as you're preparing uh, I know the Joshua team will agree. Sometimes you almost have a feeling of maybe the Lord is going to do this and we're going to shout the place down or maybe the Lord is going to have us crying and praying and maybe the Lord is going to pour out His Spirit and everybody all over the house is getting the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you have this feeling. I have none. And I am thankful for that because God can do what he chooses to do he has never failed in providing this body a word every time we join together so I don't know exactly what that word may come out to be this morning but I rest assured that my God has always provided for us a word So we're going to read in Psalms 144. We'll just see. Verse 11 through verse 15, and I'll let you sit down. The Bible says, rid me, and I'm in the King James Version, and deliver me from the hand of strange children whose mouth speaketh vanity And their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Verse 12, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. That our daughters may be as cornerstones, polished after the similitude of a palace. Verse 13, that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, verse 14, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our streets. Verse 15, happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. While the world searches for happiness in a bottle of alcohol or they go to a physician for a pill for their depression, we are a happy people for we know who our God is and we find him to be faithful.
while you are standing, we're going to have our shepherd pray over the remainder of this service, if you don't mind. In the name of Jesus, Lord, your presence is already manifest here. Your anointing is resting on your female servant. God, I'm praying that the word would go forth in power, with liberty, with demonstration, and manifestation. God, allow this word that's coming from the throne of heaven to fall on good ground. Let it prosper where you sin it today. God, I take authority over any distraction, any hindrance. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking God that you will rebuke it. And Lord, on your command, allow your angels to minister in this place today. We give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clap your hands as you're being seated, church family. You'll have to forgive me if I'm going from one thing to the other, but I said, Lord, if you bring things to my mind, I will speak it when you say it. I don't want to miss you today. Sister Brown, your father has been on my mind heavy last night and early this morning. That man is going to receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. I see him speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Understanding is coming to that man. He has preserved him. Psalms 144 and 11. King David is writing this. First thing he says in verse 11 is rid me. This is almost like a prayer. And uh, it, it strikes me that the first thing he talks about is rid me, deliver me, set me free from the hand from the control, from the strength, from the care, from the direction, from the hand of strange children. And we know those are the ones that are not of the truth, those that serve other gods, other idols. They are foreigners, as the Bible says, whose mouth, whose speech, whose command speaks vanity. They speak worthlessness they speak falseness they speak what is not true it is of no value and their right hand that hand of power denoted as the stronger side we understand this because our bishop has taught what the right hand is and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood Before David goes into anything else, any blessings of the Lord, God, I want you to do this, I'm asking you to do this. He first asked the Lord to take inventory and rid him of any relationships, of any conversations that are taking place that would pollute his mind. Anything that's being said that is false, that is worthless, 
rid him of those things first. That must be our prayer, church family. We are too close to the end. That no matter what the relationship is between you and someone else, if they are speaking what is not thus written in the word of the Lord, then they speak falsehood. And we must rid ourselves. But if you'll notice, David says, rid me, deliver me. He is asking the Lord to help him. He recognizes that he can't do this on his own. God, this may be too close of a relationship. God, you know things are said that tug on my heartstrings. So God, I cannot do this on my own. I recognize that I may need to sever this, but it is a hard thing. So you help me, Lord. Sometimes we have to ask the Lord, help us. Help us, God. He understands and knows where we are. And if we seek him and ask him, he will surely help. Verse 12. Let's go to Psalms 119 and 126 first. There is a prophet hit it this morning. Um, It is in the word of the Lord, the order of a family. There is biblical understanding of a family unit. And everywhere we turn, it seems like that is being polluted by the world. Psalms 119 and 126. It is time for thee. It is time. It is due season. Also, if you break that word down, time, it means always. It is time for thee, Lord, to work. When you look up the word work in Hebrew, it, it, it's quite a long definition. And it is several action words. So it could be Deal, execute, have the charge of, finish, fulfill. And that's just a few that I wrote down. So God, it is always time for thee. It's always time for you to move. It's always time for you to fulfill your word. It is always time for you to execute whatever you have to execute, whether it be judgment, whether it be blessings on your people. It's always time for you, oh God. And why? For they... If you'll look in the previous verses, it's talking about the wicked. For they have made void. They have shattered your law. They have broke your law. They have violated it. They have nullified. What is your law? Your teaching, your instruction, your regulation. We have a supreme law. And it is the word of the living God there are laws of the land but before there are laws of the land there is a supreme word to follow that is why if you study the history of this country when they began to write the constitution of the United States of America the 
they recognized that there were several men with several different ideas. So they said, before we set this meeting in order, we need to pray to God that he would give us wisdom when we write this out. They recognize that there is a supreme giver of the law and they wanted to make sure what they wrote down would not violate that word. So in this house, the supreme law is not corrupted. They can do what they want in this world and manipulate whatever they feel to make their flesh feel good. But we recognize that God has a supreme law. You'll go back with me to Psalms 144. We're going to look at verse 12. After David asked the Lord to rid him and deliver him of the hand of the strange children, then he begins to talk about the family. Verse 12, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth and that our daughters may be as cornerstones. Polished after the similitude of a palace. I read that and I thought, Lord, do I want to be a plant? Or do I want to be a cornerstone? I thought, young men, that the girls had it good on this one. I mean, who wants to be a plant? A Venus flytrap? Yeah, those are pretty cool, but a plant. That's why you break down the word of the Lord. (laughs) So that our sons may be as plants. Grown up. You break down grown up. It means to be great. It means to be exalted. It means to make great. It means to be well nurtured. If you break down the word youth. David says that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, in their youth, in their childhood. That our sons may be exalted, may be great in their youth. God is saying to the young men, you don't have to wait till you are out of college. God will make you great in your youth. He is nurturing you through the word of the living God that you may be great right now, young people. Right now, young men. While the world wants to call A he, a she, and a she, a he. We've got some young men that are willing to stand up. They have been nurtured by the word of the Lord and the shepherd of this great church that God can exalt them to be a light at this age. It didn't say you had to wait till you went to Bible college. It said in your youth, God would exalt you. Powerful. And for the young ladies, David writes that our daughters may be as cornerstones. 
cornerstone. That's what's in a corner, specifically of a palace or an altar. A cornerstone is a strength. You want to be something great in God, you find yourself as a cornerstone in the altar seeking the face of God and God can surely do something with you. That our daughters may be as cornerstones, polished. Man, I like that word until I looked it up. Polished. I thought, oh, they're shiny. I know they're pretty, Lord. They're cornerstones that are pretty. Yes, God. I didn't tell my daughter. She, that had been the only thing she'd amen me on. But when I looked that word up, it means to cut. It means to chop like wood or hew wood. <laughs> That doesn't sound fun, young ladies. But if you will listen to the rest of what King David writes, that our daughters may be as cornerstones, that strength in the altar, that God can cut, that God can chop after the image, after the form, after the shape and pattern of a palace or a sanctuary God can cut you God can form you God can shape you in the similitude in the similitude or shape of the sanctuary my lord church family what he has in store for these young people brother Medlin what he has in store for you and your wife as you lead them as you watch as God drops giftings into their lives as God begins to call them you lay your hand on them every opportunity you get sir and you pour into them Let's go to verse 13. That our garners may be full. That our barns. I wasn't excited about this one either. Bigger barns, bigger animals at my house. Which means more to take care of. Right, Brother Jessic? No. Just kidding. Our barn, that our barns may be full. It is a place of storing. It is a place of provision for the family. It is essentially a storehouse. That our garners may be full. Affording or furnishing all manner of store. That it could hold whatever the Lord would provide. And we have heard how God has a storehouse for the pastors. He spoke 
He has a storehouse for you when you are faithful unto Him. He provides that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that we will be provided for, that in abundance, David is saying, that our oxen may be strong. What we labor with, let it be strong to labor. It's what we use to labor with God. Let our prayer life be strong. It is what we use to labor in the kingdom of God. Let our worship God be strong. Because it is not the weapon, our weapons are not carnal. But let our worship and let our daily prayer and let our daily Bible reading be strong in you. Look at the last part of this verse. That there be no breaking in. That there be no breach, Bishop, in our wall. That there be no break or gap caused by something breaking through. Our bishop has been teaching on Wednesday nights about a breach, serving something or someone, having an idol res or erected in your life higher than the Lord. David is saying, let there be no breaking in, no, no breach where the enemy can come in. And God has been playing on Wednesday nights. And it was two Wednesday nights ago that God gave me an analogy of how some are receiving the word. There are some that view it as leftovers. There are some people that don't like, and I'm, I'm talking in the natural here, that don't like to eat leftovers. Me, I prefer them. You don't have to spend money, and a lot of times they're better, let's be honest. You get some spaghetti leftover the second day, it's better than the when you first made it, hallelujah. Let's go all go to Olive Garden. <clears throat> But there are some people that just refuse to consume leftovers. They just refuse. They will throw it away. They will waste it before they'll consume it. And the Lord began to deal with me that that is how you've been viewing the word on Wednesday night. God does not give leftover manna from heaven. Every time we walk into this place, it may be the same scripture text for the next Wednesday night that we've heard the previous two. But God always has something new and fresh manna every time we walk into this place. So the way you are viewing the word is distasteful in the eyes of the Lord. And it is you that God is speaking to. It is you that God is trying to reach. It is you that has the man of God up at night praying. You better be careful how you view what God brings across this pulpit. Whether we like it or not, it is good for our spiritual being. God has been so gracious to send warning of what will take place after these Wednesday nights, after God lifts the spirit off of our shepherd to 
teach in the manner that he is teaching so I would be careful how I consumed what is coming forth. That there be no breaking in, no breach, that nothing can come in, and that there be no going out, that there be no willingly going out, deciding that you know what is best, and so you go out on your own. David was wise. There needed to be no breach for an enemy to come in and no opportunity for the people of God to go out. What is there to go out to, church family? What is there to go out to in this world? I've not been to another congregation where I am fed as much as I am in the spirit. Where else is there to go? What has tickled your fancy that you look upon a place and say that looks better than where I'm at? That there be no complaining in our streets. That there be no cry of distress. We are not in distress in this place. God has always been our provider. The government has not provided for us. But our God has. And he has been faithful. So in this place, we don't have to cry out and be scared and fearful of what is coming our way. We know our God has us. There's no cry of distress in this sanctuary. Verse 15. The Bible says happy is that people. If you're happy and you know, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Y'all got it. Happy. When you look that up in the Hebrew, it means how happy exclamation point. It also means fortunate. It means blessed. (laughs) Happy is that people that is in such a case. What case are you talking about, David? Those that their sons are as plants grown up in their youth. Those that have asked the Lord to rid them of anything, any hand of the strange children. Those that their daughters are in the altars and are chopped as a similitude of the sanctuary. Those that their garners are Full, those that their livelihood is provided for. Those happy are those people. Blessed are those people. We are blessed, church body. We are fortunate, church body. This ain't luck. This is the blessings of the Almighty God. And we acknowledge that it comes from him and him alone. But the verse continues, yea, happy is that people. And he is specific here. Whose God is the Lord. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. The Alpha 
said the omega, that Lord, not just any idol made with man's hands, but happy, fortunate, blessed are the people whose God is Jehovah, whose God is Jesus. So even in times that are hard, happy are you, all people, for your God is the Lord. We've got much to rejoice about for the simple fact that our God is Lord. And if you are in this place today, or if you are watching on live stream now or at a later date, happy can you be, blessed can you be, Fortunate can you be when you know who God is and there is a way to find out who your God is and to have a relationship with him. The word of the Lord calls his church the bride. So if you'll bear with me, I want to bear out an analogy for you today. Those that need to know who God is. The word calls us his bride. <coughs> when you become a bride, you enter into a covenant. When I was single, there had to be a time when I seen this handsome gentleman. <laughs> Get a good Christmas present. Just kidding. There had to be a moment that I seen him, that I prayed. and um, There had to be a change of mind, Brother Jansen, that I decided I didn't want to be single anymore, that I wanted to enter into a marriage covenant with him. The same way in the spirit, there has to be a decision made. God, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't like the way I'm living. God, I want to know who you are. I want to enter into a covenant with you I want you to be my God and I want to be your child that is called repentance you repent and ask the Lord to forgive you of how you've been living you say I'm sorry with a sincere heart now it's easy the words I'm sorry are easy to mutter anybody can say that but to say it with a sincerity, with a mindset that, God, I'm going to change. If there's something you want me to do, I'm going to do it. That is repentance. That is the first step in your covenant with the Lord. <laughs> so after I decided that, yes, I, need to, I, just, I just can't live without this man, bless God. I want to enter into a marriage covenant. So that's what we did. There's a scripture in Romans that a lot of people take out of context. And they say, it's confess with your mouth and believe and the Lord, the Lord saves you. Well, if I just believed I was married to him, that, that was just not enough. Right? I mean, I don't know of anybody married in here 
that just woke up and said, I believe I'm married to that person. And you were married, right? Our bishop has broke down that word believe. You've got to entrust your spiritual well-being to the Lord, which requires some action. So when I decided I do want to get married, I didn't just believe I wanted to get married. We took a journey down to the courthouse and applied for some license. And then we had a ceremony. That after that ceremony took place, I signed my name from there on out as Kelly Massey. I took on a name that was not given to me at birth. I took on his name because I entered into a covenant with him. And I wanted everybody to know that I was now joined unto him. So how do you do that in the spiritual? I'm glad you asked. There is something called water baptism. And it's not in just anybody's name. But it is in the name of Jesus. And his name would then be applied to your life. Not only is it applied to your life, but every sin you have committed from the beginning up until that point, God washes it away. Now what is interesting is I decided to marry Prophet Stephen Massey. So my name did not become Kelly Smith. It became Kelly Massey. I just didn't take anybody's name. I took his name. I didn't take the name of the Father. I didn't take the name of the Son. And I didn't take the name of the Holy Ghost. I took the name of Jesus because that is the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. So if you have been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, let me just explain something real fast. That would be me, like me getting baptized in the name of Brother Moreno. Brother Ray Moreno, right? Okay. So that's like me getting baptized in Brother Ray Moreno's name because he is a father, he is a son, and he has the spirit, okay? I love Brother Moreno dearly, but he did not die for me. I love Pastor Hildebrand dearly, but he did not die for me. I'm not getting baptized in his name either. There is a specific way to be baptized, and it is the only way to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So now, I've repented. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I've taken on his name. Most people, if they really do love each other, Bishop, they tend to uh, live in the same house after they are married. If not, you may call the church office. Pastor Sandoval would be happy to counsel with you. You're going to be busy. No, just kidding. But most of the time what happens is we love each other. We have entered into this covenant. And this is a marriage covenant before the Lord. And so now I have taken on his name 
we are going to, it's a good thing I didn't have much stuff to pack because Prophet Massey had a lot of stuff. (laughs) But now we live in the same home. Spiritually speaking, God desires to dwell in your temple. This temple right here. Not just a physical building, but we are the temple of God. So now God wants to dwell on the inside of you. And there is only one way you know he is dwelling on the inside of you. And that is you begin to speak with a tongue, with a language that you do not know, that you have not naturally acquired. That is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. So to enter into a covenant with the Lord, we must repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is water available today. There are ministry available to you today that if you desire to take on the name of Jesus and have your sins washed away, that can happen in this house today. And even where you are standing, God can fill you with his spirit. It is not a crazy thing to speak in an unknown tongue as God gives the utterance. We are not crazy people. We are not insane. We have not lost our mind. We have simply yielded ourselves unto God. And God has come into us and he has filled our temple. God can feel you as you are watching. God can feel you in your pew with his spirit. God can feel you where you are. He meets you many times where you are in your sincerity. If you will stand all over the building, church family. Lord, don't let there be a service go by that we don't tell people how to know who you are. (sighs) I may be a little crazy. I'm not crazy for speaking in tongues. But I may be a little crazy. There's a church in Pennsylvania that you'll go preach at, Pastor Brent. They are a good body. They need a preacher. They don't need a pastor. They need somebody to come in and preach the word of God. You will go. You will preach the gospel. They're a good people. Sometimes they need a man of God to come in that knows nothing 
and there be a stirring. We may never be connected there, but that doesn't matter. All that matters is that the will of God is done and that there are people that are filled with His Spirit. I read in Zephaniah this week. I usually rewrite my notes and I just took a copy of what I'd written down. I didn't know if I would say anything or not. Zephaniah, it's talking briefly about Ethiopia. It's powerful. think about the Ethiopian eunuch and I think about what the Lord spoke through the handmaiden God has not shown me how we will be a part of Ethiopia that is for the man of God his apostle to know but you can rest assured if it's just in prayer if it's in monetary giving or whatever the Lord tells our shepherd, this body, you will have a hand in the revival in Ethiopia. And I pray I'm not out of line. I'm directionally challenged. And I don't even know which direction Ethiopia is. But God does. And Bishop, if you don't, mind will you raise your right hand and let us pray for that nation you have purposed a great revival in that nation you have spoken it unto the handmaiden. God, whatever part we play, you will speak to your apostle. But as his right hand is lifted, you honor what you spoke about his right hand. Let the power of your spirit fall in that name. Shit.